Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins' three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kufis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. Unfortunately, Dan is no longer in studio. We are apart. We are on webcam talking to each other. And unfortunately, yet again, Dan, the Twins lose another series. They do take one from the Mighty Royals, but unfortunately, that's all the damage they could do. They just have no starting pitching. I think that's really what it's come down to. They don't have good starting pitchers. No, and when they do get competent pitching performances like today with Maeda, you can see what this team can do. Totally. I mean, this was a great game, right? I mean, like, and, and the, the young power of this team, the lineup, six runs really actually is a pretty good number of runs to score in a game, right? Like, yes, absolutely. You should win a lot of baseball games when you score six runs. You should also win a lot of baseball games when your team basically spots you three runs to start the game, but Hap doesn't, didn't get the memo on that one, Dan. Well, okay, and so I think we both independently came across this stat that you texted me. The Twins have led in 30 of their 48 losses, right? By far the most in the league. Uh, isn't that remarkable? It's it's pretty nuts to think about it, especially because it tends to be later innings for the starters getting blown up, right? Yes. Like yes. it's not it's not just on the bullpen anymore. It was at one point. Like granted, probably a lot of the losses in that figure come from earlier in the season when the bullpen was just a mess. But lately, Dan, it's been the starters just it's like they have one or two bad innings back to back and they always seem early in the game as well. And they seem big, right? Yes. They seem big, bad innings. And and again, in this series, they, they had leads in each of yes. the games and couldn't hold two of them. I mean, it's just against the Royals, too. It's not like this is, I mean, Whit Merrifield is out there. Oh, my I mean, it's the, the powerhouse of Whit Merrifield. Oh, don't you okay. love saying that name? No, no. Let's, you don't? No, let's, right. let's no, jump right in here into the series recap. Series recap. Game one, this is the one that I just sort of alluded to here. Twins get up early in this one, 3-0 in the first, in the bottom of the first inning. Looks clean. Half looks like he's going to be dealing. And then the second inning came. And then the third inning came, and Hap just can't get it together here. Hap gives up nine hits, five earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, and two home runs, bringing his season ERA to the 6.09 figure, which... As Dan Thompson would tell you, that's trade bait, baby. And then, well, you know, teams are looking for starters, right? He could eat innings, don't they? Because there's nothing that a playoff team needs more than an inning eater. I think, Absolutely. And the guy the who pitches the... four and a third, Dan, that's the guy you want no. on your roster. All right. Maybe not. To, he's not helping his trade stock. You, by the way, were the one who listed him last week as a trade possibility. So uh, It was like a tack on, on the list. I'm like, okay, who is on a one-year deal who could potentially be moved? I didn't really expect any value. And I even... Even said that last episode if you if you uh, listen i i guess so i was I, I don't listen carefully to the things that you say there <laughs> um the twins do they get a run later uh but they lose this game seven to four the royals just seem to have a lot of opportunities they had 13 hits they went four for 13 with runners in scoring position right which which just testifies to how much the royals pitchers had their way with the twins pitchers in this game yeah this was the most frustrating part of this game was in the sixth bases loaded no outs 
and Arise hits into a double play. Only one run scores there. Yeah, Luis Arise looked good uh, in this game and in this series. It was just a shame. That was the bad play, right? That was the, the pivotal play of the game. Well, and, and in some ways, the series. It's not like him to hit into a double play. And like you could see it on his face kind of when he made contact with the ball that he knew that it, it just didn't do what he wanted it to do. Because Arise is a guy on the on the roster who you would not expect to necessarily hit into a bunch of double plays. No, because he's the guy who can hit the ball kind of where he wants to. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, of, the, of anybody in this team. He's not just trying to hit the ball hard. He's trying to hit it to a place. Exactly. So even if he makes a mistake, you wouldn't have thought it would be a mistake that led to a double play. Right, right. Well, then there was game two, another loss for the Twins. It was six to three Royals. Jax pitches this game. And this was just, I mean, David, this is just a game of mistakes yes. uh, by the Twins in the field. Yeah, it was a rough one here. Arise with an error. My goodness. So we talk him up and then we talk him down I here, Dan. Know. It's not good. But so... Jax gets his first major league start. So he's had appearances. This is his first start. He goes five innings pitched. It just doesn't, you know, I wonder if you asked him, like maybe hopefully further in his career when he actually has some proper starts and he's actually a a standard major league pitcher. If you ask him, if he looks back and he thinks, which one would he prefer to relive his first start or his first relief appearance? Because they were both terrible, Dan. They, they were, were both they terrible. Were Hope, hopefully, Griffin Jacks makes some better appearances down the road. And and what was frustrating here is his defense let him down. That fourth inning, the Twins take a lead, 2 nothing, And then in the bottom of the fourth, there's the, the Arise error. And then Gordon makes an awkward attempt at catching a ball in center field that gets by him. Again, that's a play that Byron Buxton makes. This yes. is a very different game with Byron Buxton. I, I just, I, it was another one of those games where I'm thinking, huh, they win this series if Byron Buxton is healthy. Uh, yeah, likely. And I guess I will say, we do have to give Gordon quite a bit of slack, right? Like, I mean, this is a guy who's never played well, center field. <laughs> that's so, true. I mean, that is it's true. Like, I, I understand what you're saying there, but comparing a guy who has never played center field to Byron Buxton is a pretty, it's a steep comparison. I understand is that what not you're saying, fair? Is that not fair? Well, it, it's, I'm not even saying it's not fair. It's just, it needs to be noted that, like, <laughs> you know, yes, is Gordon a better baseball player? player than me absolutely is he a better baseball player than everybody who's not in the majors certainly but compared to byron buxton and you're playing yeah anyway enough said on that front and the other thing josh donaldson leaves this game with an injury yeah it looked eerily similar to at bat number one no season what do you remember that man i was just thinking about that when this happened too same idea here donaldson gets into a ball and he comes up limp and it's just like, okay, well, yeah, I guess that's just what's expected now, Dan. And a shame because he's been playing pretty well lately, but he, they didn't put him on the injured list at least as of July 4th. So we'll, we'll see what happens going forward here. Yeah, it should be interesting. Let's push forward here. Game three, Twins win this one, Dan. And I wasn't sure going into this one, I thought that they'd lose. I just really thought that this seemed like a team that is defeated after the sweep at the hands of the White Sox. The Twins knew, including the players, they knew the season was over, right? And so at this point, it's like, why try? Like, unless you're in a contract year, you're trying to figure some things out. Why even bother? So I thought, yeah, they'd probably lose three in a row here. But they come away with a victory, Dan, on the back of Kenta Maeda. Perhaps his best start of the season. I, yes. I don't have his whole line in front of me. But to pitch, you know, six shutout innings, only only three base runners, David. Two hits, one walk, and ten strikeouts. Ten strikeouts, Dan. Well, especially after his rough outing against the White Sox. Are the Royals just that not good? Right? I mean, like, what was the difference here? Well, I think maybe he's finally healthy. He's been kind of on and off the IL. And then on top of that, it does seem as though even the starts that he gets sometimes they're they've been pushing him or there's been game postponements so his season has been so 
so messy, and he seems like a guy who's going to thrive on consistency, and that is not something he's had this season. Why does it matter that you know a start potentially being pushed back hurts Maeda so much? Yeah, right? like like why was that such a big deal? Because it seems I agree with you. It seemed like that was that was a factor here. I have no idea why it would impact a guy, especially if there's a decent lead time up to it. But, you know, those starting pitchers, man, you can find stories online of guys who are crazy. Like the night before, they eat the same thing. They go to bed at exactly the same time. They shower. At the, you know, it's a it's a whole routine. So to go through that whole routine and then be told, oh, actually, you're not going to do that right now has to be really difficult mentally. And then you're like, okay, now it's just a waiting game until you finally get to, to actually get on the mound. Well, maybe he just had a 4th of July party to get to, David. It could have been. Maybe that was it. But it. It did move a lot quicker than the game you and I went to, Dan. It did. It did. Well, the Twins do win. They win 6-2, to two and they salvage uh, a victory here. They improve to 34-48. and 48. The Royals drop to 35-48. and 48. So I guess, you know, there's a race to follow here, David, for the rest of the season. It was just a solid performance. You, you see Arise batting leadoff, right? You, you almost see, well, I was going to say a semblance of the lineup we thought, but there's no Donaldson, no Cruz, no Buxton. <laughs> so yeah. maybe it was a little bit different with Arise, Polanco, Larnock, Kirilov. All uh, right, well, let's, uh, let's keep pushing into our segments, Dan. Catch him! Puckett's Picks winner. I really thought I was going to get back on track and come away with a victory, but once again, the listeners have thwarted my efforts, Dan. So you and I, you took Cruz, who had two points. He didn't play in game three. I had Kepler, who had two points. Arise, after game two, who the listeners took, I thought that I was going to have this one, Dan. I thought I had a really good shot at it, but there were more negative points than positive points when I was doing the math on this, which wasn't good, but everybody landed positive. So Cruz had two, who Dan took. I took Kepler, who had two points, so we tied. However, Kepler had a home run, so Dan, you will pick first in Puckett's picks. Congratulations. Of course I will. This is but what happens. The listeners is, do come away. First. The, the listeners do come away with the victory <sighs> here. Two in a row for the listeners. Season wins here. Dan has six wins. I have twelve, and the listeners have eight. So both the listeners and Dan's are are still chasing me here. First of all, I've had four times a guy score negative points in Puckett's picks, <laughs> which you or the listeners have had zero, right? And the other thing, I'm going back over the last six series, I have zero total points David, wow. in Puckett's picks. It's awful. That's awful. almost, again, I think that's I harder should, than should, picking a winner. I know. Yeah. I think I should get some kind of a prize. And again, I was going to go with Kirloff or Larnak, and I should have, and I probably would have won Puckett's picks this time around. Uh, almost certainly, seeing as we scored a combined seven between me and the listeners. All right. Here. Well, let's... Let's go. To, I'm done with this, David. Who, what are the standings, by the way? We haven't we haven't informed. Yeah, I gave them like two seconds ago. You I did. Keep, I, I was did. just I was preoccupied with doing my own math here. Are the twins going to make it to 500, or am I going to catch you? You're not going to catch me. I'm, I'm not going to catch you. And I'm I don't sorry. think the twins are making it back to 500. But if it was just you and I, and there were no listeners to potentially take a win away from both of us, it's far more likely. Obviously, I just think it's a you got six wins you got to come up with, man. Let's move forward. Beast versus bench, David. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> versus bench it's losing fun is losing fun i'm gonna let you go first i like your beast pick here so who do you got on for well your thank you so so i picked kenta maeda as my beast he gave the twins one of their best starts of the season really from anybody i mean he came out and he looked like he wanted this win and again it set the stage for the the way that the twins could win games in the way that we thought that they were going to win games all season so i think that's a good pick i do you know, it, it's one of those things where, again, yeah, he only played one of three games, but he was also the only person who really had a large enough impact to give the team the win today. Yeah, but who's yours? Uh, so I'm going to take Larnick here. He had a great series, went two for five in game one, came in uh, pinch hit for Celestino and proceeded to go two for two. And then today he also went two for five 
two RBIs. He gives me hope for the outfield of the Minnesota Twins, even if they do have a fire sale here, Dan. They've had him in the three spot more often than not now lately. I think that's a testament to the credit that, 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 that Rocco gives him as a young player. Well, and just the fact that he's dealt with that pressure as well. Two hits in three straight games, albeit against the Royals. He was the anchor of the series, right, for the, in that lineup. Yeah, that's why I got him in the beast. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good <laughs> pick. Who's on, who's on your bench? Yeah, so my bench, after game one, I was pretty set on choosing Polanco, and then Polanco had a couple of good games here, and then after game two, I wanted to give it to Kirilov, but then Kirilov did okay in game one, and he played a pretty big factor, and... You know, Dan, I went back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Yeah. I think Simmons is going to be the person I'm going to put on the old bench, though. So he didn't play in game one. In game two, he went one for four. And then game three today, he went 0 for four with a strikeout, two left on base. It's one of those things where I don't know that I'm going to be sad to see him go next season, but I don't think he has any trade value either. So that's who I'm going to put on my bench, Dan. Who do you got? I'm going back to game one. I'm going to Jay Happ. I had high hopes. Well, I shouldn't say that. I did not have high hopes for this series. But I had hopes that they could take two out of three from the Royals and and have some self-respect here. The fact that he came out and pitched really pretty poorly to give up five earned runs in four and a third innings, nine hits, one walk, four strikeouts, and a couple home runs in there. I just thought you're going into a winnable series against a team that hasn't won in more than a week. It was just disappointing to see his performance there. To, to talk about Hap's trade value here. All right. So well, if, uh, you go ahead. But I think there was a time when J-Hap had some trade value. Uh, perhaps a time, a couple of seasons ago, but yeah, certainly there was a time when Haps had some trade value. And so Gleeman's article about the Twins being open for business for trades, I love this, that, that Hap is listed as the 13th possible candidate, and he said every response from every Twins fan should be the same. Sure, we should totally trade Hap. Who would we possibly get for him? <laughs> Well, an uh, an open spot in the rotation. I think that's what you get. That's and what, you can promote we, somebody else. Honestly, that. the Twins just need arms at this point, Dan. I was waiting for the call here. I was hoping I'd get my chance. Maybe they're just leaving room for the turtle. Maybe that's what he's doing in AAA. They're, he's just he's building hoping. up his stamina. Right? Yeah. Um, well, let's let's move forward here to Rocco's rewind. Rocco's rewind. I don't know, Dan. It's so hard when when there's not that many decisions that need to be made from a managerial perspective and the team is a losing team, it's more difficult for me to criticize Rocco, but I'm still going to find a way, Dan. I will We've still been, hold find on. a way. I think you've given that introduction to Rocco's Rewind like four or five episodes in a row here. Yeah, well, it's because it's true, Dan. What am I supposed to say about a team that's bad and a manager who's really just trying to duct tape a team together to finish nine innings? All right, well, you go ahead. Why didn't you pull Jax a little bit earlier, especially knowing that you were going to bring in Law to try and eat some innings anyway? So it's like he gave up four runs. He didn't look good. And I get that the defense let him down a little bit, but not enough to keep him in there. I mean, you should have pulled him. Give Law. Let him pitch two, three innings. It doesn't matter. I mean, he pitched two. What's another inning? It wasn't out of hand at that point. But I think leaving Jackson basically was the Twins waving the white flag for this game. See, I don't know, because if you're bringing in Derek Law, is Derek Law more likely to get the outs than a, a tiring Griffin Jacks? Do you really think there's that much of a difference between the two? Well, that's my point, though. Why not just leave Jacks out there, let him eat a little bit more, let him, let him get through a few more major league innings to get a little bit more experience under his belt and just let him pitch? Well, no, what I'm saying is that a 100% Jacks and a 100% Law are virtually the same. So I know. Jax right, is right. tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying here. So I don't think it's that ridiculous of a criticism because the game was still within reach. Granted, again, each game is a one-to-one -one game now as far as each game this season 
all we care about is that one game outcome. We don't really care about the season as a whole. But in this game in particular, I mean, you had a chance to win this one. It wasn't totally out of hand, and he still decided to make that move. Well, you do you you play to win the game in front of you, right? I mean, that's, exactly. That really is what you and you should manage that way too. Yes. Um, mine is going to be it's it's kind of a curiosity, the Kepler Sano platoon, right? Because functionally, Max Kepler and Miguel Sano have become a pair you know one's in the lineup and one's not i know that I, I know in game three they ended up being in the lineup together but that wasn't by design because nelson cruz by the way congratulations nelson cruz on being an all-star yeah um sano comes in in dhs but we haven't seen a lot of kepler sano in the lineup together and i just think that's a an interesting choice i don't even think it's a bad choice but who would have thought that we'd be talking about max kepler and miguel sano both being right around 200 and really struggling. I mean, they're, they're almost identical lines right now with Kepler hitting 201 and 697 OPS and Sano's OPS is 694 with a 190 average. It's just strange to me. It's strange to think of those two guys. And, and because of the moving parts that the twins have, mostly Luis Arise, they can make that happen. But really, comparing those two is fine, especially because numerically they're so close from a stats perspective. But truly, Kepler's had other things happening this season that, that have played an impact, whereas Sano has been at full health for the first time in quite a while, and he's continued to struggle. What is wrong with Miguel Sano? I know we've asked that many times, but you know, if, if you look at... <laughs> where do he, I begin? Dan? I know, but he had that great year in 2019. Yeah. Where, and I was looking at some numbers, and I thought this was strange. He hit lefties really hard in 2019. He was, his OPS against lefties was 1.007. This year, it's half that. It's 544. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Do teams just figure out how to pitch to him and he's just unable to adapt? I think so. I think that's the big thing is that he's never getting fastballs inside anymore. And that's when he would make up his stats. And now that he's not getting those pitches, everybody has figured out what to do. And we've talked about this over and over and I over know, again. I know we have, season, we have. Is that Miguel Sano cannot lay off the outside slider. He can't do it. Low and away, you pitch it. If you throw him four of those, you might walk him, but he's not going to hit a home run, and he's likely going to strike out. Well, I'll take the walks. Right, He had two of those in game three, so yes, I'll take yes. the walks. Well, let's uh, let's do Minnesota moment. Minnesota moment. You know, it's hard, right, because there, there's only so much you can do with a losing baseball team as far as what you kind of consider to be that big moment in the game. I'm going to go with the seventh inning in game three today, two homers, Polanco and Kirilov. Two guys who will almost certainly be in the lineup next year, Dan. And since that's really where my focus is, is shifting, I was just happy to see it. Well, that's funny you mention that because I have Trevor Larnack's eighth inning home run in game two, uh, which was a similar sense, right? It's it, fun to see these young guys hitting well, seeing really what we saw actually in game three today was potentially the lineup, right? Yes, the top of the yes. Twins lineup. That could be the top four for the next year or two. So I guess I'm excited about the lineup, but the lineup just hasn't been the issue all season. It's no. just not been the problem. And and even the lineup today, you trot that out. I mean, there's a lot of pretty good hitters in this Twins lineup. There are. It's just disappointing that there's a good chance that if some of the pitchers move, some of these lineup pieces move too, Dan. I just don't. All right. Well, let's move because that actually that gets into our next. Let's let's go to Mauer's Musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings. Uh, so I'll keep riffing here because that's sort of what I was what I was headed towards here. So I had a couple of different thoughts here. The more articles I read and the more I look at this team's roster for next season, I think this is going one of two ways, Dan. Either they are going all in next year and they're going to spend a ton of money on pitchers next season and bring in maybe a, a headlining name shortstop, mm -hmm. or 
or, or it's fire sale time. Uh, and everybody I don't want to talk about fire I know, sales, David. Well, I know, but here's the thing. I think it's one of those two directions. I do not see a middle road here because you can't. Mm. It does nothing. This team in its current form, especially with who's on the team next year, will not do well enough to win a World Series. And that's what we're trying to do here, Dan. So the option is you either go all in this offseason and literally sign probably realistically six pitchers and at least one position player for shortstop and maybe even a DH, depending if Sano can get his act together, or you're selling everybody and you're not looking until really 2024 until you're competitive again, Dan. I don't like that plan. I, I, well, I, like I don't the plan either, but I'm saying reload for next season. Well, here's how it would happen. So if they can trade Donaldson and, and obviously uh, that hinges on his health, because honestly, if you clear Donaldson out, they don't need his bat in this lineup. He's he's a great hitter. He's actually he's been quite good lately, but they don't need him. And, and you could almost arguably move Sano back to third base if you mm. had to. You don't like that idea? I No, I don't. I think he's proven time and time again to be a liability there. So I think if you are going to move on from Donaldson, which I don't have a problem with that perspective, I do think you need to come up with a more concrete plan than putting Sano back at third. So then is that Luis Arise? Does he go to third base at that point? It might be, and especially with the outfield jam they have, that might solve that problem, right? I mean, if that happens, I hope Arise can take a few pounds off so he can be a little bit quicker on that third base side. Maybe, but are you still married to Max Kepler being in the outfield of this team? Because I'm just not so sure. Well, right I, I just can't believe that you're so quick to move on from him. It's not like you look last year and the year before and you think, oh, Max has always had these up and down struggles. No, that's Sano. Yeah, I'm not ready to move on from Max Kepler. I guess I'm still I'm still surprised at your willingness to do so. Well, I am because you have other players who can play in the outfield, right? You got Kirilov who can play out there. You have Larnak who can play out there. I just like that outfield better with Byron Buxton in the middle and those guys on the other side. Well, assuming Byron's here next year, Dan. He's going to be here, David. What are we talking about? Just so we got our cards on the table here. So yeah. you're saying next season, we can both agree. If Buxton here, he's playing center. So yes. for you, you would have Larnak and Kirilov as his, as his counterparts. I would. Yeah, That's see, no, I would, I would have that. Kepler in right, and I would have Larnik in left, and then I'd have Kirilov at first base. Not a bad choice. Maybe they can get Eddie Rosario to come back again. Maybe they can pry Okay, him so there's, there's the true test, Dan. There we go. If you could, if you could bring Eddie back for next season, would you do it? I just might, and I might get rid of Max, and I would put Eddie in left. <laughs> I'd put Kirilov, in, Kirilov Larnak in right, um, and then the other one at first base. I, I just might take it. Here's, a, I mean, Kepler wasn't that great last year. I mean, he hit 228 last season with a 760. OPS. What are you hitting 2019? It was 850. All right. So in 2019, <laughs> it was 855. So everybody was better in that year. Maybe they were corking their bats or something like that. Or yeah, I don't that's know what, what was happening was. in 2019. So a David. quick aside here. A quick aside here, folks. So we got some hate because we were not aggressive enough as far as our disdain for the pitching scandal that's currently happening. So we will talk about that more. All right. Well, it seems that you are Max Kepler's great ally, and I am Miguel Sano's great ally, and that's just how it's going to be. I, I don't mind necessarily keeping Sano even in a potential DH and every once in a while playing first base role, especially if they can figure him out, like if they can finally get him to be a consistent hitter, which may never happen. But I'm okay with them at least trying to do that. But I just... Yeah, moving it back to third, I think, is a terrible, terrible That, that might be. And, and, and maybe at this point in his career, he could DH and be effective there. Maybe if they just say, Miguel, you're just going to focus on hitting now. Forget playing in the field, except 
some occasional first base, maybe that would be better for him. I think that's probably where his role will be long-term if he manages to stay at the major league level. He'll be a DH somewhere who's going to hit against lefties. Did you even say your musing, Dan, or was it all kind well, of jumbled Well, that was all kind here? of jumbled together. I was just, <laughs> what, my musing really was, why did Donaldson have to go and get hurt? Yes, right? that's That was true. the problem, and that was the would musing you, is, I, yeah. I did not think that any team would potentially even trade for him, and it does sound like potentially the Mets were just using that to try and leverage the Cubs. Would you trade Donaldson if the opportunity arose? Yes. Yeah, see, I would too. Like, I didn't think it was a possibility because I don't think anybody wants that contract. I guess, would you trade Donaldson if you have to eat the whole contract? No. <laughs> no, no way. Um, how much? Yeah. Of the, I guess, how much of the contract would you eat if if he moved? I don't know. I'm no GM. I don't. I don't necessarily think that they need to clear that spot at third, but it wouldn't hurt him right now, especially because the lineup was not the problem. And if it means that they can keep Barrios around because they can use some of that money for him, then I'd say all for it. Let's get rid of Donaldson. Fair enough. All right, well, let's uh, let's go here, Dan. Series grades time. Series grades. I'm gonna say a D plus. Sure. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> But but lots of lots of great individual performances in this series. But again, you go on the road, you're playing a team that's not great with a chance to, well, I don't know, put separation between them and the fifth place team. Like, oh, like hooray. The, con- the context of this doesn't really matter anymore. But I'm going to say a D plus because of the bright spots. I'm going to give them a D because they won a game, I guess. Oh, my I, gosh. I don't mind yeah, your perspective. So simple, yeah. Well, I, what do you want me to say here? I, I mean, they won, no, they won I, I one of three against the Royals, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you want me to say here. And plus, n- next episode, Dan, I don't want to get ragged on again. I thought we've been better with our grading here the last couple we of have. episodes. All right. Well, I think that's fair. I think I think a D somewhere in the D range is appropriate. Certainly. And we'll see you Puckett's Picks. So here's the deal. Listeners choose first. So Dan will be traveling back to Spokane. So we have Andrew Hoganson. Hogs is going to be filling in again. Thank you, Hogs, ahead of time for uh, stepping up to the plate and helping us out. And he is going to take, for the listeners, he will take Kirilov. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Dan, you will get the first pick here. I'm going to go with my guy, Jorge Polanco, because you remember that yeah. time, David, when oh, he hit no. a home run from oh, both no. sides of the plate against the White Sox in a doubleheader? <laughs> remember that time. So there I'm it gonna is, go folks. With, I'm going to pick Jorge Polanco. He... He actually won me some of these earlier in the season, and and frankly, I, I, I've run out of strategy on this. It's an oldie but a goodie, the uh, Remember That Time from Dan Thompson. We haven't heard that in a bit. I think that's how you know the Twins are playing poorly, when Dan's not equating what's happening with a great moment in Twins history. <laughs> no, I mean, we could point to a lot of moments in Twins history, though, that this would remind us of, David. They just wouldn't no, be great. They wouldn't would be not great be great. Moments. Yes. Do you remember that time the Twins were bad? Yeah, just like now. Just like now, Dan. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, so I struggle a bit here because I really would like to take Kirilov and then Polanco was going to be my next choice. So you kind of put me in a little bit of a right. box. Well, both of your guys are still here. You've been singing Max Kepler's praises. You're going to pick him again? I had, Well, he didn't win this week. And so I've been kind of, you know, I want to go back to my boy, Luis. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a rise. He has another victory here for the listeners this past week. That means that if you look here, a rise has been the winner in, let's see here, four of the last five yeah. uh, Puckett's yeah. picks. So. I think I'm going to go with a rise, and I think he will uh, He will bring me back into that W column, Dan. Who knows, Dan? Maybe this next episode that Hoax and I will cover for you, we might be talking about all the pieces that Twins have moved. Oh, 
it's possible, right? It but is. W- will Nelson Cruz at least hang on with the Twins long enough to be their all-star? What would happen if they trade him? They can't trade him now, right? But that would be weird. Yeah, I don't know how exactly that I don't think work. they'll trade him. I think they'll keep him around for the all-star break. Could be. You know, as soon as one piece goes, if it's not a guy on an expiring contract, it's game on. You know the Twins are out. They are They are moving all of their pieces, and they're putting all of their chips into 2024 and beyond. Oh, don't say that. They're going to go for 2022, David. They're not just going to stay a, a middle course and add a couple pieces in the offseason. They're either going all in or they're going all out. Well, David, how about you send us out? Will do here. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Min for the Win, and you can find our Min for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that would be great. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!